check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. All right, guys. Welcome to the first ever Musky Hunks podcast. So we have the Musky Hunks, if you will, on the line here, and uh, we're going to go through. So we've got, first off, we've got Nick Fiesler. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever it is. <laughs> we've welcome, got to the, welcome to the podcast. All right, we've got uh, Mr. Donnie Swank. What's happening, everybody? We've got Owen Seaman, Big O's Bucktails. What's up, everyone? And we got one member that's not with us here tonight. Mr. Tom Venata, Mr. PA Monsters, Mr. Crockzilla, Betty Crocker. He's not he's not here with us tonight, but he is an absolute I would I would even even venture to say he's the heart and soul of the musky hunks. Yeah, he may be the musky hunk. He is the musky hunk. There's a certain thumbnail photo that should probably be the main photo for the musky hunks podcast and i think you all know which one i'm talking about tom and a banana hammock <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> all right so, uh, I, i'm going to introduce myself i am also i am uh the spot burning entrepreneur of the group mr <laughs> ryan fishing pa with ryan reed so I am uh, I am happy to be here with you guys, and I'm really looking forward to this little podcast venture that we're we're getting into. So thank you guys for taking the opportunity to include me in this, and I'm looking forward to it. Talk some fishing with you guys. Coming to a spillway near you soon. Coming to a spillway. <laughs> All right, so and you want to kick us off here and kind of explain what what's going on with the Musky Hunks podcast? Sure, sure. Uh, you know, we were, we got started here because really we're a bunch of guys who didn't know each other at all. Uh, and over the last, I want to say what, three to four, two, two, three, four, maybe four years. Um, we've all caught, gotten to know each other at different times and, and at kind of in different ways. And we've all really just kind of gotten along very well. And we've, we have very similar outlooks on, on musky fishing um, none of us are professionals. We don't make a living musky fishing. We don't necessarily intend to ever make a living musky fishing. So we're here to have fun. We're not necessarily here to tell anyone how to do something right, because there's a pretty damn good chance that we aren't doing it right. Cause we are learning just like everybody else is. But I think through our conversations that we have, uh, you know, and, and we're now all starting to fish together a little bit. Um, I've never fished with Donnie, but I think we fish with a uh, fish with everyone else and getting to learn to know how guys like to fish and, and what they do. And, and really I've learned something from every one of you guys that I've fished with. And I'm sure I guarantee when I fish with Donnie the first time, I'm going to learn things from him. So I think the point of this podcast is that we're a bunch of guys who are novices. We want to learn if we can talk about it and, and maybe have some guests on here in the future that can educate us where we may ask questions that are more of the everyday guy questions that are not the, I'm the expert. Uh, I know, you know, I know exactly what I'm talking about type of questions. I think we may be able to, you know, be helpful to people. And that's really what we want to do is, is have fun doing this, but 
just kind of be helpful to people that they can flip on and listen to guys that are just doing this for shits and giggles, literally just for shits and giggles. So that's what, and that's what I look, think of when I think of the musky hunks. And again, that name is completely tongue in cheek. Uh, it, it really came from my wife making fun of the fact that I have musky buddies. And at one point she was joking about me texting them all the time. And she said, Oh, is that your musky friends? And I said, that's musky hunks to you, honey. So, uh, you know, I think that that taught her a lesson and, uh, and it, it established a, it established a tongue in cheek way to, I guess, memorialize the fact that, Hey, I'm really enjoying this, you know, these friendships that I've, I've made over and I'm the old guy in the group. You know, I'm in my forties. All you guys are, are young bucks, but uh, I'm really enjoying this. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast was because I think we all have very similar outlooks and, and I really do think that we can learn from each other and we can all help other people learn as well. I if it makes you feel better, Owen, my girlfriend just refers to all my musky fishing friends as which old man is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, th so that begs the question, which old man am I, Nick? <laughs> You're Owen, the Bucktail guy. <laughs> the Bucktail guy. <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing. Oh, oh and that's uh, well said. Go ahead, Donnie. My wife just thinks it's weird how many strangers that I go out on long trips with for days at a time, everything else. Which I, I, should... I can't blame her when I think about it. <laughs> I, uh... I should say, Owen, you'll have to look forward to your first time fishing with Donnie because I don't think I've gone fishing with him where we didn't end up with more baits at the end of the day than when we left in the, in the morning. Oh, is Donnie a bait magnet? He is. I'm definitely not a fish magnet. We can say that. Well, we know Bay. Nick is the anchor magnet. That's right. Donnie, yeah, Donnie was with us for the anchors. Yeah, Nick and I, we went two for two one day right yeah. last year. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good day. Nice. <laughs> so, that you know, that's that's what I think of when I, when I think of why we would do a podcast like this, because there are other musky podcasts out there. There's a lot of them. Uh, and, you know, I think the perspective that we want to bring is that we are not experts. We are not know-it-alls. We may think we do, but in some very small aspect, but I'm sure someone will come on this podcast and, and tell us that we are not correct. And that's okay, because that's why we are, that's why we want to do this. We want to learn. Yeah, I agree. And uh, again, well said, Owen. I think, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the driving force here is uh, we're just average fishermen. You know, we're trying to get better every year. And, you know, the goal is to catch more fish. Right. And uh, make memories. And, you know, we've got a couple in there already. So I uh, looking forward to getting out again with you guys here soon. But so what the I think, well, uh, Ryan, I, you just to follow up on what you just said, like, you know, we we're out here trying to have fun. We have we all have limited time. You know, we mm -hmm. don't have, we can't spend, you know, 80 to a hundred days on the water, uh, during the year. I mean, I might get, you know, I might get 50 hours a year on the water. So I need, I want to be able to maximize that time. And the more I know, the more I learn from guys and that allows me to be able to maximize that time. 
uh, my, you know, maximize the efficiency of my time on the water. That doesn't mean I'm still, I'm going to catch fish because I don't do that very often, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we, um, you know, it's all about learning and progressing. No, you're completely right, Owen. And I think that's, uh, I mean, that's a really big thing. And, and that's what I've learned in the last few years too, is you start making other friends and, and meeting guys that are out there and are doing it or trying to learn and get better. And, and you get to talk, you know, exchange information and, and, and get to fish with these other guys. And it, it really shortens everyone's learning curve because like you said, we all learn from each other and, and it's a big help because we can't be on the water, you know, 150 days a year. So being able to learn from other people's experiences goes a long way. Absolutely. I'd also like so, to compliment Owen on his efficiency when he does hit the water. Cause I mean, oh, I think he's the only one on the, on the podcast here that is over the 50 mark for the year. Yeah. Well, I got, I have, I, but I only have two fish for the year, you know, uh, and <laughs> it's a good average, but, but both over. Well, 50. I mean, but that, that goes to, that goes to kind of my philosophy though, is like, I know I have extremely limited amounts of time and so if i'm gonna have time on the water i need to maximize it and i've found a place where i i feel like hey if i go here for a week i have a pretty good chance of catching a 50 and you know i've i don't have that many muskies in my life but i i have two over that two two fish over 50 and i don't think there's you know a ton of people that you know can say that and it's not that's not bragging in any ways because that's literally just me going to the right lake and putting in the work and putting myself in that position. You know, it's, I mean, Nick, this kind of will take us into our, you know, us spending a week up in, up in Canada together, but I go, I have extremely limited time because I have three kids. I've got my own law practice. Like I, I don't, I can't just go out and fish for two hours here, two hours there. I have to kind of, you know, compress it all into a a window and make every bit of that window count, you know? And with, you know, with going to Canada, and when I say going to Canada, I've, I've been going to Lake Nipissing now since 2017. Uh, last year, 2020 was the first year I hadn't gone. So as soon as the border opened now in 2021, I, I had my, my week planned already. I'm going to go up there and fish for muskies for a week. Like, that's what I do. My wife knows that. My kids know that. Everybody knows that the first week of September, I'm leaving and I'm going to fish for muskies for a week. And you may not hear from me very much because when I'm up there, it really is just me muskie fishing. So and I've done that by myself for the last for, I did that by, by myself three years, once with my dad. And then this year uh, I, I made the invite open to all the musky hunks and Donnie couldn't make it obviously because he had his trip out to Leech Lake, Minnesota. Ryan couldn't make it because uh, the old ball and chain wouldn't let him out of the house because he's fishing too many of these musky rink tournaments every weekend. And uh <laughs> And Tom, the missing the missing hunk here tonight, he failed in obtaining a United States passport. 
So he was he was unable to to join us. Because so he's because I, he's routinely mean to the post office lady. <laughs> yeah, I think it was he his application deliberately got slipped down to the bottom of the pile. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she unfollowed him on Instagram too. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be an unfollow and a put it in the circle. Unfollow. <laughs> so to circle back around to Nick's uh, girlfriend thinking that he hangs out with old men all the time, uh, you know, I'm going to Canada and all of a sudden it's down to just me and Nick. And I was like, man, Nick, dude. I get it, man. Like if you, if you're like, this is going to be weird, like going, cause we don't like know each other in the sense that we've all gotten to know each other simply through musky fishing. And, you know, it's not like we, we know each other very well. And so I, I wanted to alleviate Nick of the burden of having to, uh, to go to Canada with me if he didn't want to, but God bless Nick. He was, didn't hesitate. He was like, Nope, let's go, man. I, I think fishing for a week on Lake Nipissing would be awesome. And thank God he came <laughs> because we, 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 have, I don't know if you guys have even really heard about our border stories, but geez, we'll, we'll get there in a second. But, you know, <laughs> Nick was, was gracious enough to join me for the week. So Nick, if you would kind of, I don't know, give, give everyone your, your kind of idea of, of what you were looking, you know, what you thought you might be getting yourself into, what you got yourself into, and what you thought of it. I'm just glad you didn't think it was weird when I played just the two of us every night. Lake Nipissing, phenomenal. Uh, went to an awesome resort up there. Uh, it's kind of like an Airbnb for the musky fishing hotspot. Paradise. That's a good Cove. way to put it uh is the name of it owen's known the owner of it for the last however what did you say 2017 you've been going up there right and he guides on the lake has a nice big glass boat for getting out in the the open waters with nipissing uh he took us out what was it four days i think yeah we fished four days with four days with him uh on on his boat probably I'd say maybe two thirds of it was casting, one third trolling. That seemed like a fair breakdown. Yes, I would say that's very fair. I mean, the way he, the way we normally do it is we cast until you get tired, and then you you know you'll troll for a little bit, and that it usually breaks down to you're you're casting about seventy five percent of the time, trolling maybe twenty five. Yeah, usually you know we take like a trolling break for lunch, you know, eat our lunch and troll around a little bit. Uh, there was a couple of days the wind was rough, couldn't really get out to the main lake. Main lake, which I mean, ev- the whole thing is bigger than any of the P or even the the small portions or the West Bay, West Arm are you know miles bigger than anything we fish here in PA. So it was right. Just so, a- so as a as a little bit of background on Lake Nipissing for anyone that doesn't that isn't familiar with it because. Honestly, I think it's it's just absolutely and a a gem of a musky lake that nobody seems to really you know talk about or go to, uh, especially here in local PA, Ohio, West Virginia, because you know it's it's not that long of a drive. Uh, you know it's 
you're talking about what a 20 some hour drive to get to Lake of the Woods. You're talking about to get to Eagle Lake or Lac Sul. You're talking How far about was it the inter- leech, Donnie? 18 and a half is what it says on GPS. It took me a little longer than that. But it's I mean, awesome. I broke it up into two days, but it was basically about 10 hours each day. And I think it took us, what, seven and a half from, from Erie? Yep. Seven and a half from Erie. And, you know, just talk about an easy drive, you know, especially with two people. You know, I think we split it about half and half. Nick drove, you know, every both mornings, and then I drove both both afternoons. And I mean, it was, I, I thought it was just about as easy as it could be. You know, in terms of hey, if I'm going to drive to Trophy Muskie Waters, and I can get there in, let's say eight hours, you know, with stops and whatnot. I mean, that's, I mean, how can you pass that up? And I don't, you know, and I would. I would be willing to bet that Lake Nipissing, you know, puts out the same numbers of, you know, the same types of fish that Eagle Lake and Lac Sul and whatnot put out every year. I mean, there was just a 58 and a quarter caught uh, in the mouth of the French this year up there. I mean, the fish there are just insane. Um, So I I don't know. I just, I, I figure if I'm going to go and spend, 40, 50, 60 hours in a week fishing for these fish. I want to be in a place where those hours are going to, like every one of those hours could be a 50 inch fish. And that's what, I mean, I was, I was impressed. We had what, two follows that were probably 50, well over 50, caught a 50 and a half. And then one other one that was probably upper forties that was a follow. your fish was your, like the fish you caught was a 46 and I swear to God, when that thing was in the net, I thought it was bigger than my 50 and a half. It was an angry elf. So hard to get a hold it, of. It was a, it was a big fish. Yeah. Those nip fish, they really, and they got some shoulders on them. They do. And it's, and, but you know, like Nick said, it's like when you see a fish, it, you're not seeing many small fish. I mean, it's like, we had a couple of follows that were almost frightening. Like uh, the one that followed Nick, we're casting this, we're casting this big trolling spot up there. And, and we decide to cast it with big bulldogs and Nick decides to put on, what was that? The, or the, the the abomination, orange, the abomination. (laughs) Yeah. The absolute abomination. It was the, uh, the Royal Orba, the giant, the big Royal Orba. And then, yeah, the Bondi, and then Nick put like one of the uh, like the big O spinner baits, like without the like uh, the harness on top of that. So it was just like blades and color and shit going freaking everywhere. <laughs> and Nick's like playing with it, and all of a sudden, like there was this tail. I just caught it out of the corner of my eye. Like Nick was like, "Oh wow, there's a follow," and I just caught the tail out of the corner of my eye. And this thing was. I mean, this tail was freaking massive, massive. And it's like, holy shit, that's what's swimming around in this water. It was huge. Huge. Like frightening, you know, like, like you're like, wow, that can't be real. It's that freaking big. That's a, for me, that's a, 
that's one of those things. I mean, we, we fish PA and it, no offense to PA waters. I really feel like Pennsylvania fish and boat has done a really nice job progressing our muskie population and really working on that program. But, you know, I can tell you, like you guys go to Canada, you go up to the nip to see big fish. And then you, once you get up there and you start seeing them, like, you know, I, I can't really fathom getting a 52 inch fish to follow one of my baits. Cause it's never happened. You know, I can cast here in PA and it just, we get fish, but you know, I'm not seeing a lot of big ones and maybe it's just me, but that's, that's pretty cool to see a fish of that caliber, you know, on a followed boat side like that. So. And it's, uh, and it's, it's strange because you don't, you know, you're right. You're not used to that here. The fish act completely different up there and I, and I think it has to do with the fact that it's a natural fishery as opposed to a stock fishery um i think that in the fish that we were casting at at least at that particular location are not seeing very many baits i mean this this spot was as far out in the middle of lake nipissing as you could possibly get like you you would need to know exactly where you were going to to get to this spot you know so these fish are not seeing tons and tons of bait like they are at Pymie or you know chautauqua or any any really any you know local lake here it's it's just a different a different experience and that's what i've always really enjoyed about it like i think it's amazing to be able to get in the car and drive seven hours and be at this place where you can catch a fish that will literally change your life because that is exactly what happened with me seven, you know, five years ago. Yeah. So I, I just have a question for you guys on this, on this trip. So how many, I'm assuming you fished with Reagan for a couple of days, right? So how many days did you fish with yes. Reagan versus how many days did you guys fish with each other? And what was the fish totals? Like, did you catch, obviously, did you catch more with Reagan than you guys did without? Nick, do you want to you take that one? We fished with Regan the first two days we were there and the last two days we were there out of five days total. Uh, we casted a little bit the day we got there for, what, maybe an hour, hour and a half. Right. Um, so I won't really count that day. But we ended up, we got... One casting with Regan the first day. Second day we casted uh, almost all day. Usually took breaks trolling for lunch. And then uh, we caught, or yeah, we got a skunk the second day. The third day, Owen and I were doing our self-guided tactics. And we got one and some pike that day. Uh, casting and trolling spinnerbaits. And then... We caught four more the next two days with Regan. And that was when we got the 50 and a quarter. Was it 15 and a quarter or 50 and a half? 50, yeah, 15 and a quarter, 15 and a half. Um, and, and then you got the 46. And then you got two. I got two on Thursday and you got two on Friday. Yep. So the other two were upper 30s, somewhere in there, close to 40. Yeah. And so you're, you're talking about you know, two guys who I, you know, after spending a week casting with Nick, you know, he and I are, you know, right next to each other in the bow of Reagan's boat casting for all these days. 
and you get into a rhythm, you know, and you, and you figure out like what Nick likes to throw jerk baits. I like to throw bucktail bucktails. So I'm, I'm firing a bucktail pretty much every spot where Nick's following it up with, with a Raptor, you know, that's, that, that was kind of like our go-tos, so to speak. We would obviously switch, but you know, we got into a real good rhythm of, of, you know, casting and knowing what each other was going to do. And frankly, I was surprised we didn't see more fish, but we had, we had hit a, a cold front had come through. It had been eighties in the eighties the week before and what, if it, if it got over 70, Nick, when we were there, I didn't see it. Like we were in hoodies and pants the entire yeah. week. And I think the Regan said the lake itself had dropped like 10 degrees in that week. With the exactly. Rain. He yeah, said, he, yeah, he said they had actually had like 80 degree water temps, which they, you know, never get <laughs> that far north. So and it was down to was the upper sixties while we were there. Yeah. So the casting bite was definitely not what I had been hoping. You know, the our our big fish all came trolling and <laughs> unbelievably, you know, we talk about this all the time, like, is there a good bait? You know, is one bait better than another? Nick, <laughs> did we think we had one one trolling bait that was better than others? I mean, it did catch all four fish, so probably. All four all four fish. And the goddamn yeah. bait didn't ha- like had a missing front of one of the trebles missing from the front hook and broken off Reagan just time. Reagan just re- he refuses to to change it because the, the thing just keeps catching fish we did have to change the middle hook on the one fish so right, but we left but we we left the <laughs> we left the front hook on which is still missing that the damn bar yeah. are you guys gonna broken hooks good this, luck are you guys gonna tell us what this magic bait is or or what I, I just want to say, first off, I was thoroughly impressed. Almost every bait in the tackle box of the guide were Pennsylvania-made. Very true. That's a great point, Nick. Which that is actually, great I had a, a question for you guys, and that kind of leads me right into it. Because, uh, oh, and obviously you and I haven't fished together, but Nick, you and I have, and especially trolling. So I know that you know what i'm talking about as far as how we troll here how how would you say or what do you what are the similarities or the differences and like how you guys were trolling up there as opposed to what we do while we're fishing our waters besides pretty, the obvious one rod per person <laughs> yeah it was uh pretty similar really uh the we're mostly targeting structure trolling um but it's just I would say magnified compared to here. I mean, whereas here you might have like a, a two foot lip in a lake that, you know, I mean, where it's a steep rise that gives you a little bit of structure. I mean, there we're fishing 20 foot of water where it comes up to eight feet of water and, you know, 10 feet. So more exaggerated humps and stuff like that. A lot of them have weeds on them. So you're trolling weed edges or keeping the baits right above the weeds. Uh, that's the biggest difference up there was there were areas out in like the main lake that where the weeds are, you know, they grow up off the bottom, but they're still eight feet down. So you have, you know, short weeds on top of, you know, 
wide open lake structure. Whereas here you're, you're trolling weed edges because the weeds are growing right to the surface, which we did some of that too, but we were mostly doing that with uh, spinner baits up there, you know, kind of going through the, the ragged edge of the weeds. And we did have one good hit trolling spinner baits, but it, it didn't stay hooked. So. Yeah, I, I was, I was, frankly, I was a little disappointed at the, at the spinnerbait bite or the lack thereof, but I think, you know, that's just kind of the way things go in that I think it just wasn't that, that week because I mean, Reagan kills them on spinnerbaits up there, you know, it, especially on some of those spots where it's these long, long weed flats where he can just run these spinnerbaits, short line them through the, through the weed beds at, you know, four, 4.5 miles per hour. And it, you're, you're almost just trying to like get a reaction strike out of these fish that are laying down in the, in the weeds. And this trip, we just, we didn't get any significant uh, spinnerbait bites or like weed bites. Everything was deep off of rocks. Wow. That's, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, it was that's the the craziest difference is that the rocks are the structure up there. You know, I mean, boulders out in the middle of the lake and sharp rocks. You know, points coming down, big rock reefs. I mean, out. yeah, Nick, you're the the fish that you caught casting when when it was just the two of us out there on I think it was Wednesday. That was right off of a rock point. That it was it was off of a weedy bay, but you got that fish directly off of a rock point. Yeah. And that was, you know, I mean, probably in three, four, five feet of water, maybe. Right. But right that, that was water. really close. That was very, very close to the southern trough. So yep. that that particular fish could have been, you know, the, I, I, I think that spot, We every time we go up there, we we could just hammer that spot and there's going to be big fish in that that area. Yeah. But and that's that's the thing with Lake Nipissing is it is so big and you know, I had two years to think of all these spots that I wanted to fish and, you know, we didn't get to touch one, one twentieth of them, you know, in, in a week of fishing. That's just how big that water is up there. Yeah. It's insane to think about considering, you know, considering our, what I feel is probably our biggest musky lake aside from Great Lakes would be pima tuning and what is the acreage you, does anybody know what the acreage of pima tuning is off the top of our heads i want to say it's thirteen thousand acres but that might not be right might sounds, be bigger than that yeah it, it sounds, sounds right sounds pretty close yeah i think uh so donnie your question about trolling and stuff um i think it is interesting though when they're talking about boulders and stuff i mean i've experienced that up on the ivanhoe river and the the lake uh that big boulder type structure that's out in the middle you know going from maybe 12 feet of water to like all of a sudden three how do you i mean right. that's that's kind of interesting to think about because we don't have a lot of that on our reservoirs here and i feel like you really have to spend some time did you guys spend any time working the graph at all just taking taking a ride to see what's going on how do you how do you guys approach I, that Okay, so I think both Nick and I were constantly watching Reagan's graph. But, you know, because we don't know the spots, 
you know, Nick had mentioned earlier that, you know, when you're fishing these spots, Reagan's graph is just like covered with, you know, icons and whatnot. So you're watching how he is moving the boat in relation to the icons that are on his screen. That's, and I, that's, I guess, just speaking for myself, you know, when I'm watching him, how he's operating the boat, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking at w the spot that he has on his graph, how he has it marked out and how is he going to work this bait? Because we all know when we put our baits back, we, you know, in Canada, you can only run one bait, a, one rod a person. So, it, you know, we're, we don't have nine, nine rods out when there's three of us in the boat. We have three rods out. So you know exactly what all three of those baits are doing. Because when you, when you put your spread out, you know, you're not putting nine out. You know, you're pit, putting three out. And you need to say, hey, I want this, this bait, which let's just go ahead and say it, the perch bait. I mean, the perch bait is, you know, up there. Some, some might say legendary. Boyer, legendary. Yes, Boyer, and they don't even know, they don't even know it's local. That's the thing is, is what is honestly, I think, so impressive about the, the local bait, bait making community is that Canadians who you would think would be, you know, oh, the musky snob, so to speak, they fish our baits like crazy. Reagan, I mean, his, his tackle box, like Nick just said, is full of perch baits. It's full of, he loves Leo, uh, the Leo jerk baits. He swears by the Leo jerk baits. Um, the weighted ones. Yeah. And Weighted he likes it and, what he, and he likes to get them like really well worn so the hook rash will create will open up the wood and the wood kind of gets wet and therefore gives it a little bit more of a sinking quality. Like he he's you know, but I don't think he necessarily knew that that, that was a, a western Pennsylvania bait. And you know, the fact that these baits are catching fish on these waters, I, I just, I, I just really, am, I'm always impressed with that, and and I think that's a, a a nod. I have to give a, a tip of the cap to all the local bait makers here, and and the guys up everywhere that run the local bait maker stuff, because it's really easy to pick up, you know, the stuff that you find at Dick's Sporting Goods or whatever, and, and say, oh, this is what you got to run. I mean, you run some of these local local stuff, man, you're gonna catch big big fish and they're big fish i mean they've been caught and they can we can prove it that's what you know i mean legends leos grandmas uh i think by the end of it i had them i had them sold on uh the fat az raptors oh absolutely <laughs> oh dude he's he's now a raptor guy i mean just what i i was incredibly impressed with the with the fat AZ Raptor. I've never, I've never spent a lot of time throwing not only jerk baits, but uh, cause I, you know, big O's bucktails. I'm a bucktail guy. That really is like pretty much 75% of what I throw is I like to burn bucktails. I like to cover ground. I like to throw, I like to make as many casts as I possibly can. Whereas I've never spent a lot of time working a jerk bait around weed edges around rock points. And watching Nick work the Raptor actually gave me a lot of confidence in throwing the Raptor. Like, holy shit, watching him catch fish on it, you know, and he's got a real good cadence with it, got a real good rhythm with it. 
Like if I just kind of repeat what he's doing, I think I might be able to get the same success. I didn't catch any fish on Raptors, but I can't tell you, you know, how many times I felt like I was going to, you know what I mean? And that sometimes that means more than anything. Like if you're confident in the bait and you're like, shit, this feels like I'm going to catch a muskie. That means something. It does. It's important. Oh yeah. You can't catch Definitely. fish unless you're going on the boat with somebody and seeing, like you said, seeing Nick catch one and moving fish on it. That goes a long way. It kind of comes back to what I was saying earlier about being able to, you know, feed off other people's successes and, and, you know, communicating with guys and, and learning from each other. Cause you know, like you said, you just didn't take the time to use one and, there's there's Absolutely. so many different baits and different things presentations to try and and it's very easy to go back to just doing what you did last time that worked even if it doesn't work this time that's one thing donnie that like how you asked earlier about trolling like casting wise i was doing exactly what i would do here you know and looking for kind of that cabbagey weeds finding areas that i can kind of pop it through weed edges and stuff like that just like if i was on chautauqua or any of the lakes around here tap it right along and that's where caught the second fish the first one was on rocks but i mean where we were where there were weeds it was exactly the same as if if you were fishing here the only that's right nick actually actually both what's it go ahead Don. go ahead on so the only difference is you were on a lake with muskies, so it wasn't like Chautauqua. They were actually getting <laughs> fish to eat. Put them in the bag. Speaking of Lake Chautauqua, speaking of Lake Chautauqua, I don't want to do the uh, the big fish alert, but I don't know if you guys saw on my Instagram page, there was a big a big fish caught on a big O's bucktail spinnerbait uh, on Lake Chautauqua this past week. The only fish yeah. left. I, I will say we all saw it. <laughs> oh yeah, we all fish. saw it. Probably good stared fish. at it. Good fish. That was a beautiful fish. Congratulations to Mike, by the way, on that fish. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, and, and I think, dude, like I smiled, like you would not freaking believe when I found out he caught that on one of my baits. Like I mean, just just being part of something like that just to the smallest degree like I, I mean I was just so so excited about that I mean obviously that's the biggest one caught on a big O so far uh, but I'm confident that there's going to be bigger bigger caught on that that's a, that was a 52 uh, but man that was that was exciting it was awesome that is that's awesome yeah that's got to be an incredible feeling yeah, I mean, for for not only Mike and Vance there, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it. it I, I and think shout out to Vance. You, shout out to Vance because Vance, like, absolutely, he did not have to, you know, throw, you know, put my baits into play at all. He didn't. I, I you know, like, I, I, I really have to say nothing but good things about Vance and the fact that he's, you know he's given my, my bait a chance when he didn't have to do anything, you know? And so I, I think that means a lot. And, and I really, I greatly appreciate that about him. I mean, I got, I, I'd say that about all the, all three of those guys, Todd, Andy, and Vance, just great guys all around. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I haven't gotten a chance. 
I haven't gotten a chance to meet Andy or Todd, but uh, you know, from what everyone says and, and obviously, I mean, this podcast, we are not Todd, Vance and Andy. Like we don't have the technical expertise that any of those three do on any level. I mean, they've been in this, this industry and in this business for, you know, practically as long as some of us have been alive, you know? So, uh, you know, this, uh, we, those are the guys that we look up to, you know, when we, when we're out fishing, we're like, holy shit, you know, you know, we, we want to be putting fish in the boat like Vance and Todd and, and those guys. I will say those guys are pure fishermen. I mean, they know, they know what to throw, where to throw it. And that was one of those occasions where I feel like Vance rolled up, you know, right bait, right area. And I'll be honest with you guys. I've heard a lot of, I mean, People, all these people are talking about Chautauqua, like there's no fish there. They're all dead, all this, all this nonsense. But the guys are up in the, they're, they're up in those weeds, throwing baits like that. They're catching fish. I've been seeing it all year. You know, it's just one of those things. Another, another guy, another buddy of mine got one with Vance. It was 30, uh, 49 and three quarters or 49 and a half. I mean, this is just in the past week. And that was on a Raptor, I believe. And, you know, and, and you know, I give Vance credit, you know, he's not, he's not posting every single fish that they catch, you know, they're catching big fish up there. And I think that they, they make their living on that lake for God's sake. So it's like, I don't think you necessarily want everybody to know that you can get, go there and catch 52s if you really put in the work, which. So I, I'm, I'm super pumped that you guys got four fish on a perch bait up in Canada. Cause to me, that's like one of those fable things like you hear from Brian Boyer, you know, running big baits in Canada, whatever you want to consider a big bait for me, a perch bait, still a big bait, not as big as the plow, but it's still a big bait. I think that's really cool. I think it's awesome that Regan has all these Pennsylvania made baits. What else do you guys want to talk about from that trip? Because that seems to me like one of those experiences we all want to have. That's one of those waters you want to go to, but I also want to hear about Donnie's trip too, out to out to Minnesota. Oh yeah, for for sure. I want to hear. I like. I'm I'm dying to hear about Leech Lake. We want well, to jump- fish Leech Lake, but I was on the Leech Lake chain, I believe. So, I think. Okay, so what lake? What lake were you guys were you- staying on? We stayed on. Uh, I stayed on Lake Bemidji, which is about 45 minutes from Leech. Uh, half of the people in the battle were at a resort on Leech, and the other half were at a resort on Lake Bemidji, which is where I was, Rutgers Resort. Uh, but I actually, I fished Lake Bemidji one day, and I fished Lake Plant Tangenet the other three days of the battle. Uh, and uh, the... The other guys, we, we stayed away from Leech for the most part because of the winds. We had a lot of high winds. Uh, it was pretty brutal. The fishing was tough. Old cold front swank came to the party and, and the fishing for everybody like he always does. But uh, it was it was still a lot of fun. But, I mean, we saw I saw some of the biggest fish I've seen in my life, as I usually do every time I go to Minnesota. I'd never been to that particular area before but i've fished you know a few hours away in northern minnesota more than once so it's all kind of the same same moody fish that like to follow and never eat but they're big and fun to look at 
so, so let me ask you, Donnie. So how did you how did you get involved in this? This was a YouTuber's, I guess, a YouTube fishing channel. Uh, like just keep casting is Jeff's is Jeff's uh, YouTube channel, right? Yes, yes. Jeff Contreras, uh, just keep casting. He and I, you know, I, I started talking to him around last year a little bit. Uh, I've been following his channel, you know, obviously for years, just musky fishing. I honestly, I don't really remember when I stumbled across it for the first time, but I think it probably was one of his first musky battles when he was with, you know, collabing with today's angler and, and burning eights and some of those other guys, those bigger YouTube channels, musky channels. And, uh, right. I'm pretty, that's where I, I found Jeff for the first time and, started following his channels and, and uh, he reached out to me, I believe the first time somewhere when I was having some of my health issues last year, after I had uh, my surgery, just kind of reached out, gave me some well wishes. And then we had kind of stayed in touch and talked here and there. And once I started YouTubing a little bit, thanks to Mr. Ryan Reed's nudge, for me to start putting out this amazing content that I've been been uh, laying on the viewers. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, Slink Outdoors, pro staff. Yeah. You're all pro staffers. Congratulations. Enjoy all those benefits. Uh, <laughs> Bumping subs. Catching dinks with the swings. That's what we do. Bumping yeah. subs, baby. <laughs> Where do you see the uh, bumping subs and Leech Lake special? It'll be coming to uh, coming to YouTube very soon. But anyway, so you uh, got so you got invited. You got invited to this thing, which is kind of a it's a an invitational. You know, if where you get to, you know, you're you're invited to go out to Leech Lake and or the Leech Lake, I guess the Leech Lake Strait, watershed. Yeah. It, it was. You know, we could have fished Leech as well, and if it wasn't for the high winds, we probably would have. Uh, but Leech is a very big lake compared to the other two lakes that I named are, are relatively smaller. Uh, so they were, you know, much more protected, safer from the winds. I and mean, we were still getting our butts kicked out there, but some of the guys so did didn't you, go out on and they were sending us videos, you, and it was pretty gnarly. Did you, did you tow your, your boat out there? I did not. Uh, I was able to fish. I was set up by Jeff to fish with uh, Mike Conklin. He's from Wisconsin. Okay. He makes slide baits, uh, Conklin lures. Uh, he he was going uh, last year. He wasn't there last year, but the year before, he was the host boat for the guys on Tightline TV, and they ended up uh, coming in second, I believe, that year. They were one of the only two boats to boat a fish that that year, too. I believe they got a 46, if I'm not mistaken, a couple years up there, a couple years ago up there. Uh, they were fishing with a different boat this time with a different team. They were teaming up with Ben Stone fishing. Uh, yeah. So I was set up with uh, Mike to fish with him. We had never met before, never spoke before uh, the battle, really. Well, uh, we met on the way up because I picked him up on the way there. Well, I met him and jumped in the vehicle with him and we rode the rest of the way. He, him, Jeff and I, but uh, he's a super nice guy. We had a lot of fun. 
Uh, he has a really nice Lund impact. He had us out on the water. He kept us on the spots and we had a ton of action. It was just cold front and high winds. The fish just did not want to eat. It was, it was tough. You know, there was a lot of, a lot of good fishermen there. And there was literally, uh, only two muskies boated in four days. We were one of the boats to do so. So it just didn't happen to be during tournament hours, unfortunately. I mean, when you only have a couple of days to, to, you know, acclimate yourself to a new body of water, especially at one, the size of, of any of those bodies, even a small, a small lake, you know, think about it. Think about a small lake here in Western Pennsylvania. And, and I was like, okay, you have two days to go fish it. You know, are you going to go out there and fish it like an absolute expert? No. Like, you know, all of these things come down to how you fish spots. Not only like, do you know the spots? So you guys might've been all over fish, but you know, there, for, for any, you know, small reason, you're not getting them to bite. And, you know, I think that comes with kind of putting time on the water on a lake, as opposed to just going there and, you know, throwing baits and expecting muskies to chase everything you put out there. Cause we all know that's not going to happen. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I mean, absolutely. Like I said, uh, we were, uh, we definitely managed to get on a, you know, a good area, a good, we, we found some fish early at the early in the first morning. Uh, we were on an area that was holding a good number of muskies and, and I mean, big fish too. And uh, I mean, we just kept beating it up for the most part, honestly, for, for three days, we, we would, to give it a break for a little while, a little while, but we would get right back on it. And we were seeing fish almost every drift and getting them to come up to the boat. They just had locked on. It was nothing we could do was we, we couldn't get them to eat. And, uh, we, we tried everything. We threw everything in the kitchen sink at them. And, uh, you know, it, it's easy to get frustrated, but then at the same time, when you start looking around and you're talking to, you know, all these other guys that are out there and, you know, some of them are locals and some of them fish those waters all the time as well and catch a lot of big fish on these lakes and these spots. And, and even they're out there struggling. So it can be refreshing in the same way. If you, if you look around and, and realize that, okay, it's not just me, these fish do this to everybody at times, you know, it's just the yeah. way that, it is and, and i think nick and i learned that in canada in that like everywhere we're fishing with reagan we know there have been fish there like you know so it's it's not like we're wasting our time fishing these spots where there's no fish like we know these areas but the fact of the matter is is they're muskies and they're not going to eat when they don't want to eat so we we as the people trying to chase them have to deal with that Yep, that's why we love it so much, right, guys? Absolutely. It's easy, everyone. Can do it. <laughs> that's what there, makes it so much fun. There is no doubt that you have to be special to want to fish for muskies. My mom has always told me I was special. I mean, it just—it's a different mindset. Nick, Nick, really Nick, is. Nick. No, 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 no. She put you on the short bus for another reason. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that was like the departures statement. You're special. Get on the bus. I drove 20 hours 
to sleep in a hotel room with a guy I'd never met or spoke to before in my life and then go and cast on a boat for 14 hours, four days in a row, catch absolutely nothing and drive 20 hours back home. You know, tell I'm a little bit special. I don't know what that is. You know what's funny, Donnie, is that I would actually like if like that doesn't sound weird to me at all. Like I, I could I could totally see myself doing that one hundred percent. I'm already that's... planning my my next trip next year. Hey, uh, what did well, your what did your grandma say about that? Oh my my grandmother was real freaked out too because. She she gets weirded out when I go. It's so funny because I like to mess with her. She gets she gets weirded out when I go on these uh, fishing trips or go fishing with anybody for the first time that I met on that. And it just so happened. This was are you mean, are you going with that guy you met online? Yes, yes. That's what she thinks. I'm like on like online fishing Tinder sites, like swiping right. Like you guys, don't let her hear. Don't let her hear about the musky hunks. Don't let her hear about that. Just tell her it's the the new Thunder Down Under group. But uh, obviously, not making light of the uh, what happened to the young lady, the YouTube girl. What was her name? Gabby or whatever. Uh, Uh, terrible situation. I I don't want to, you know, sound like a musky fisherman at that, but uh. That happened the same week that I was in Minnesota. So that went, my grandmother was calling my dad, telling her how nervous she was about where I was <laughs> out with YouTubers for the first time. Wow. Well, that's great. We're, we're glad <laughs> that uh, nobody made a, a suit of you. Yeah, me you too. Know, you made it home safe. And uh, so, you know, so, so so on the Saturday when Nick and I were driving back from Canada, you guys fished in the Muskies Inc. Uh, Allegheny River tournament, right? I mean, That's, if you want to call it that, if you want to call it fishing, what we did, <laughs> I uh, I spent. Good, what's that? Nice boat ride. I've been on a, a major slump. I can say that for the last couple weeks. I don't even remember what the musky smells like anymore. I don't, man, it's been so long since I've, I've tasted a musky too. I probably feel like I'm in the same. Musky, <laughs> musky, musky are surprisingly tasty guys. You guys yeah. really do not appreciate it. Well, we're, uh, we're not going to go down that road right now. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like uh, I just want to say this. So we'll from save a musky- our favorite recipes for episode two. Yeah, well, panko, <laughs> leave the yeah, bring the panko stuff on. Get on the, the hush puppies ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be anyway. Ryan, Allegheny River tournament, grilling so and chilling. out a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I what <laughs> I wanted to say was grilling and chilling. What I wanted to say was that <laughs> muskies Inc. You know these opportunities that we have with the club to get out and fish tournaments. I mean, for guys like us. You know, some of us are talented, myself excluded from this. Some of us are talented enough to where we can actually go out, catch a fish in a tournament in place. You know, tournaments for me, it's an excuse to get out there and fish. You know, that's what I tell my wife. I'm going to fish this tournament. I want to, I just want to go fishing. Give me an excuse to go out, fish with Donnie, fish with Nick, fish with Owen, and just put a, try to put a fish in a bag. And for me, the Allegheny River tournament 
it's one of those like mysterious things because, you know, when you're kind of coming up in the musky world, you kind of start understanding that our local area has a lot of river tradition. And like the Allegheny is just like this giant mystery to me of just current and different types of fishing. You know, I, I, when I think about the river, I think about casting. So this tournament for me was a opportunity to get out with you guys and cast for a day. Um, so what, 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 um, what pools were in play in the tournament? It was, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, pool four. Um, pool five was not included. That's the Kelly Station pool, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that one doesn't have any public access, so it's never open to tournaments. And then after that, it's six, seven, and eight. So essentially what I would call Ford City, Catanning, and Templeton. Okay. Yeah, so lock and so, three is not in there, right? No. Nah. It starts it's 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 Freeport and the one above Freeport is closed and then Ford City, Catanning and Templeton. Gotcha. So where where did you guys what what section did you guys decide you were going to fish? We fished the Catanning pool or if I what I call the Catanning pool anyway, uh up the above Roston and below uh, Templeton. Pool eight. Okay. And have you personally, have you fished that pool before? Because I've, you know, I, I'm like everyone else. I don't have much river experience. I'm a, I'm a lake guy. I, I've, I've definitely fished that pool in the past a number of times, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I mean, that pool, that pool is supposed to be legendary. I mean, the, the Catanning pool is, you know, it's obviously a, a, a major, major musky spot that I don't think gets enough credit. I mean, the Allegheny River in and of itself, I don't think gets enough credit. But anyways, go ahead. I feel like guys like Donnie, and I'm going to take the opportunity to call him a river rat on this one because I feel like – Oh, I definitely. You can tell definitely. me, but I feel like after knowing you, I know you're a river rat. I know the rivers where you feel at home. And I feel like getting the opportunity to fish with somebody like Donnie in that particular pool, that's just, you know, for somebody like me that doesn't fish the river a lot, I mean, it just gives you a lot of confidence. And then kind of knowing the history of the rivers, you know, reading a lot of the Howard Wagner stuff and, and hearing stories just from, you know, all types of different anglers in our area, you know, that's a, that's a pool that when you're out there, you just feel like you have an opportunity <laughs> at a big fish, you know? Yeah. And, and, and honestly, like if, if you've, if you've ever read the Larry Ramsell, you know, the musky compendium, you know, you feel like that's the type of thing you're talking about with, you know, the Allegheny river where like these really old, you know, just almost dinosaur type fish could be in the Allegheny River where you can't necessarily imagine that same thing happening at, you know, Tyanesta or Edinburgh Lake. Like there could be a freaking monster in the Allegheny River. And 
it has never seen a lure before. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. And I mean, that's for me that that is that's the draw of, of the rivers and it always has been. And it always will be for me. That's that's why I'm a river rat, as Ryan likes to say. Uh, it's just, you know, just like you said, driving eight hours or whatever to be on Lake Nipissing and be in, uh, you know, big fish water. For me, there is, you know, I love trolling our lakes and going out and casting some of our reservoirs and everything. And it's fun and, and catch a lot of fish and, and sometimes some big fish. But there, it, it, there's, there's nothing, there's, I don't know, how do I want to say this, that the allure of the big fish is real a lot closer to home than I think a lot of guys realize as well. I mean, we have some big fish, maybe not 58 inches, but uh, there's a lot of big fish in our local rivers. It's just, it's just hard to fish for them. It's, it's tough. It's tough fishing, but they're there. And uh, they're, they're a lot of fun. I, I enjoy fishing the river. I, I don't mind getting my butt, my butt handed to me for a shot at a big one. That's what I do it well, for. I got, I got to tell you, man, I like the river fishing is, is probably what intrigues me the most locally in terms of, you know, okay, if I were really going to spend some time looking for a big fish, it would 100% be on the Allegheny river. You know, that's just, you hear stories about it. You know, was it Howard Wagner from Fawn Bell PA? Like you, you just kind of always hear that same Beaver County, baby Beaver County. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's legendary and, and there's a reason. And that goes back to the local bait makers. Why, why are there so many local bait makers from around here? It's because so many people were like kids like us where they grew up and they saw a muskie, you know, eat a bass on their dad's line you know, or, you know, they, they're local living near the river and they, they, they were able to see these giant fish spawning and it, you know, it just spurred their, their interest in it. You know, it's, it's almost like a fantastical creature that we are, we are chasing and the bigger water possible and the, you know, around here, there's no bigger than Allegheny river, right? Like there's, there's no bigger body of water than the the Allegheny River in terms of musky fishing from beginning to end, starting at the Kinzu. Uh, there's, there's one yeah. bigger there's one bigger river, but maybe I don't want to talk about it because it's a little closer to home. <laughs> yeah. You wanna you might want to keep you guys, <laughs> you guys are both gonna have to go out uh for a midnight excursion with Betty Crocker one of these days. Yeah, you're gonna get, you know, the Mon's pretty. We've got, we've got a. I've never seen them get one over 46, but there are some nice fish in there. They're all yeah. 46. That's, that's right. The, the funny thing about that, he would kill me if I told you this, but that's not the Mon he's fishing. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna skip past that. I wanna, <laughs> I wanna, I wanna, I wanna circle back around this because this tournament. Hey, Tom, what watershed? What watershed, Tom? <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. That's good stuff. I mean, I'll tell you, I was running late that morning. Um, I had a heck of a week, and I think that kind of – I was in a really – Donnie will tell you, I was not in the right frame of mind after the week I had going into that tournament. 
So it was a, it, I was on the, I was on the struggle bus. I was snagging baits, big O's, spinner baits was was getting jammed in some rocks, dead center of the <laughs> river, uh, more than once. Uh, I was definitely struggling that day. Uh, so I I would probably not put my performance anywhere on the radar. But I will tell you guys just to kind of recap that trip. You know, we moved into a specific area where there was other boats. You know, first thing in the morning. We were casting, we had a fish blowing up, you know, around, around the boat to the point where we could see bait. You know, we had a lot of activity going on. We decided to make a move up toward uh, the dam on that pole. And probably 15 minutes later, I think the tournament winning fish was caught in the exact same spot we were sitting in. Yeah. So, that was a good old fashioned dumb move. I'm not exactly sure what we were thinking. We just had in our heads the, we were gonna. We had this area that I we wanted to fish. We talked about it beforehand, and uh, it was like as soon as the fog lifted, we completely ignored all the signs around us that we should be fishing where we were at, and just put the hammer down and flew up river, and uh, definitely, definitely got uh, paid the price for that, I guess, or at least got well, reminded that I you mean, shouldn't I leave. <laughs> right. I, I was just, I was just going to say, I mean, you, you, you can't look at that as, you know, a, a terrible thing and that you learned a lesson that you may not, you know, you got to, you got to give that spot a little bit more time. I mean, that's how I right, look at right. everything in life anymore. Like if something doesn't work right, what can I learn from it? And yep. grass isn't that, always that, greener that somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. The other thing that I mean, I, Oh, okay. So Nick, Nick, let's let's go back to a perfect perfect example. Both days up in on Lake Nipissing. So on Thursday, we're out casting and we're casting like crazy, and it's like what maybe two thirty three o'clock, Nick, and yeah. the trolling motor dies completely. So uh, apparently the troll Reagan's trolling motor died because the the power went out or like a fuse popped overnight so we had no choice but to troll what happens you know within 45 minutes of that next troll 50 and a half we definitely would like have been was, casting it was, if it wasn't it was, for we were for we were going we were going to be sense. gone we we 1000 percent were going to be gone off that spot off to another place and boom 50 and a half hits then next day we're fishing and Reagan brings us up on this rock pile that, you know, he feels comfortable about, but, you know, Lake Nipissing is a, a frightening lake if you're not familiar with it. And so even Reagan as a guide, he got us too close to a, to a shoal and we were up on it and his trolling motor, the, uh, the belt that like does the auto deploy and auto stow it, snapped the belt because the, the his trolling motor the bottom of the blades hit the rock so hard that it just snapped the belt that's holding it in place so again halfway through the day we are now forced to troll for the rest of the day nick what happens two more fish yeah <laughs> i mean uh, get nick's 46 the, this fat fat ass 46 incher on a spot that you know, not only should we not have been trolling because we were going to be casting, but we trolled that spot just 
kind of as an aside and boom, we catch a big fish. Like the world works in very strange ways. And I think if you learn to follow it and go with the flow, go, yes, not fight it to say, Hey, there's a reason why these things might be happening. And you, you know, if you buck that, if you say, Oh, here's, here's what my plan was. Here's what I, here's how I envisioned it happening. And I'm, this is how I'm going to do it. You're, you're quite frankly bound to be disappointed. I, w- I will say this going back to the Allegheny river tournament, um, having a plan, I felt like I personally have no regrets when it comes to that move <laughs> to the dam, because the reason I say that is that's how I try to live my life. We, no, no regrets, no regrets, no regrets. We made a move and we felt pretty good about that move. Tom missed the fish uh, on a giant flat stick up in that particular area. Are you, wait, 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 hold on a second. Wait, are we sure it was a fish? I mean, Tom likes to like yes. break out the Tom cam and like Probably a, snag. a little ripple. Yeah. But, I'm going to say it was a fish. Sure was a fish? Did anyone else see it? I'm going to say it was a fish. I did not see it, but I did see the the last fish and we had about 10 minutes left in the tournament. So, you know, I, I feel like all in all, you know, there were only like three fish caught for out of 40 some guys, you know, we, we had, I was tough. It was another tough tournament. It was another tough shift in weather, shift in water temps, probably. I, I mean, I know the river stays a little cooler, but like, I mean, it was just, it was not a consistent weather pattern. It was another shift and it was just another tough day on the water. So I feel confident in what we did. You know, Donnie moved a fish right off the bat within the first 10 minutes on a bucktail. You know, we, Tom missed one at the dam. You know, we kept going, we kept casting and, you know. Tom missing shit seems to be a theme here. Yeah, he missed a, a good fish right at the end of the day because we I, I was actually and he's missing watching. a good podcast right now yeah yeah you're right mm-hmm. yes but i think he would say something for himself but you keep trying to set him up and he keeps failing for us i know <laughs> drive it it's, it's upsetting it's yeah. upsetting i i feel i honestly feel like he's at home right now polishing his crocs like donnie said and definitely first it's probably on like the eighth coat of turtle wax Yep. He's already moved on to all of his salmon rods that he is waxing. I mean, yep. he's, he's no longer a musky fisherman. He's a yeah. salmon hunk. Yeah. He's a, a salmon hunk. Podcast talking about trout. Yep. Yeah. And a, yeah. In blue, you know, Deep Creek bluegill. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Promising uh, panfish guiding career. We love him to death, though. I wouldn't trade Absolutely, him for the world. Man. Him and his fire sauce Crocs with the little jalapeno gibbets. Is that whatever they're called? Putting little decorations on his Crocs. That's what he's doing. Those little pins and decorations. Uh, Well, you know, I think that's part of that's part of what makes Tom Tom, and it's part of what makes all of us who we are. Is like I don't, I definitely don't consider myself to fit the musky guy mold in the in the sense of you, you know what i mean like i think what we want to kind of give is a different perspective you know not the same old thing if it's making fun of tom wearing crocs or whatnot you know it's 
you know, we're, we want to bring a perspective to musky fishing or to, I guess, just fishing in general that, you know, we're, we're just regular guys who are just trying to enjoy ourselves. And I think over this last hour plus, I mean, I've, you know, we've really, I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation that, that we have had. Uh, I don't know if, if you guys have, but I, I definitely have. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's about. You know, it's, it's four or five guys. We're going to say four tonight, but you know, yeah. four or five guys. Four and a half, maybe. Yeah. yeah. yeah four, four and a half. half. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this is what uh, what I imagine for it. So, you know, hopefully we can keep this thing rolling and, and get some decent topics on. And, you know, you guys can we can all contribute to the to the conversation. And, you know, hopefully it helps somebody out, too, because I, I think that's part of this, you know, trying to offer. Absolutely. Offer Absolutely. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's really what, if anything, we have to offer is the fact that, you know, again, we don't we're not experts by any any stretch like, you know, we. If, if anyone has questions, we're, we're willing to, to give as much advice as we can short of burning spots like Ryan Reed, fishing PA with Ryan Reed does. Well, we can't right. all be as good as me at, at that sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, am, I take pride in my ability to spot burn. And Dude, there's so some... much hate. Like, <clears throat> there's so much hate about all that stuff. And that's one thing that we don't want here is you know we're not here to spot burn we're not here to burn anybody but we're not here to be you know the jagoffs of of the musky world they're like oh you know blah 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 water temps blah 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 you know all this stuff like <laughs> you know that it is what it is like i i get that those are issues and they may be for guys that are making their living in in this business but we're going to stay away from the topics. I think we should stay away from the topics that are reserved for the guys that, you know, do it for a living. You know, if we do bait reviews, it's, it's not going to be based on, you know, the number of fish that we can catch over a, a year period. Like, no, I mean, we're, we're going to be doing things based on the very small windows of opportunity that we have to do things, you know? And, anything we do on this podcast i think is should be looked at as look we're a bunch of amateurs that are trying to kind of express our desires or our love for this sport this hobby by wanting to talk about it like there's nothing more to it other than that you know we're, you know we're not trying to talk over anyone or anything like that we we've I mean, shit, we all have an immense amount of things to learn from each and every one of one of us. So uh, I just want anyone that's listening to this, if anybody, if anybody cares to listen to this, you know, that they know that like what we say is to be taken tongue in cheek for the most part. Like we, we definitely take it seriously in that we, we do know we're not, novices but we are definitely not experts so we find ourselves in that that gray area of how do we become better at this thing that we already know what we think is a good bit about but what makes you a really good musky fisherman as opposed to just 
you know, a guy who musky fishes. I, I guess if I were to put it in a way, that's how I look at myself. If I'm going to spend a limited number of hours on the water, how do I maximize that? How do I become the best musky fisherman in that very small window of opportunity? Uh, you know, I don't expect to become a, an expert. I don't expect to be catching 50s every weekend. But how do I maximize my time? Because I'm sure that anyone listening to this podcast that isn't a professional musky fisherman has the same type of time restraints. Like you don't get to spend unlimited time on the water. So you have kids, you have a job, you have all these other things competing with how do you maximize that time? And I think if there's anything we can do, that's, that might be where this podcast falls in, falls in. Like how do you maximize your time on the water with your busy family man with a job and everything? Cause that's what we all are. I think that in addition to some probably pretty hilarious stories, probably a lot <laughs> of sub bumping, definitely oh, well, a lot of sub bumping. The guaranteed. occasional, <laughs> what's guaranteed, 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 probably uh, some, some beat, some stories of, uh, maybe even steelhead guide trips from from uh oh yeah you BDN, never know bdn up there in erie <laughs> pennsylvania so i don't know we got a mix of stuff i think it's going to be fun to do this i think it's going to be helpful at times and i think it's going to give us an opportunity to talk fishing so i'm looking forward to this all right so let, let me say one let me ask one more thing donnie you are part of muskies inc like in terms of chapter 16 you're part of you're you're part of that right like you are a, a you know a, an officer yes i'm the uh i my official title is release director okay so so i wanted to make sure we talked about that stuff because muskie's inc in chapter 16 in particular is a, a giant reason why we all know each other and, you know, I, for one, am, I'm not particularly like active in going to meetings because of my kids and work schedule. I want to do that more often. But, you know, I think it's important that that, you know, we talk about the fact that, Donnie, you are a part of that. And, you know, just how important that is in, in what that does for Western Pennsylvania muskie fishing and, you know, really the community that's been created with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's there's so much that goes along with it. And, and the truth is if, if I hadn't found musky zinc right at the beginning of when I got into musky fishing, I'm not even sure that I would still be doing it. And it's uh, the, the guys that you meet and, and seeing and talking to other people and, and being able to, you know, make friends and, and learn from other people and, and, you know, see what, just see that there's other people out doing this stuff. You know, when I first started musky fishing, I thought I was the only person in Pennsylvania with a musky rod. You know, I, I, I didn't know people fished for muskies. Like I knew they were around, but I didn't know anybody that really targeted them. I didn't think that was a thing in Pennsylvania, to be honest. Uh, but then I met my friend Kellen at a boat ramp and uh, he, he, he's actually the Wait. one who kind of, me Wait, was it a was it a boat ramp or a truck stop? It was a boat ramp. We <laughs> then we then proceeded to the to the truck stop, 
No. <laughs> but uh, you know, and and we uh, we got involved in Muskie's Inc. and started fishing together, and and that's kind of how I really got into muskie fishing and if it wasn't for that and then meeting other people down the road uh i'm not sure that i would even still be doing this so it 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 really is huge and that you know it gets gives you the opportunity to get in touch with other guys and and you know learn about the sport and and really shorten your learning curve for one uh and then everything they just do for muskie fishing in pennsylvania as far as stocking and all of that is, is on a whole nother level, but there's so much to be gained from just being a member and, and the relationships that you can build just like uh, what we have right here. This is, this is kind of what muskies ink meetings are like, you know, you get <laughs> to sit down and BS about musky fishing with other guys that are doing it and, and guys that are there are willing to kind of share experiences and share information about what what's worked for them and what hasn't and it can be extremely beneficial yeah i think it's really important to note that i don't i mean really all of us are in some way connected to one another through muskie's inc you know we're, we're all i don't think any of us met i mean i met ryan at muskie's inc i didn't meet nick at muskie's inc or didn't meet donnie there but all of us have that connection that, you know, we've met somebody at Muskie's Inc. that you have become friends with to the, to the degree that, you know, you, you talk to them on a regular basis. You know, we're grown-ass men. Like, how many, how many grown-ass men do you talk to via text message on a regular basis? You know, <laughs> the, Muskie Hunks, the Muskie Hunks chain, text chain, is probably one of my busiest text chains. You know, and that's, I love that. That's it's, it. I love it. I absolutely love it. So I think that it really says a lot about what we're doing and why we're doing it here. Agreed. One well thing. Said. Go ahead, Ryan. No, I was saying agreed. Well said, boys. One other thing I wanted to say, and it, it goes along with Muskie Zinc and part of what Owen was talking about just with the Muskie Hunks podcast in general and the fact that we're, we're not professionals is that I feel like for me, when I, when I get on social media and stuff, the one thing that, that bothers me today's world with muskie fishing more than probably anything else is that it seems like there's a stigma that it's not okay to still be learning or, to not be a professional. Everybody has to right. present themselves as they already know everything and, and that, you know, it, you have to already know it all to, to fit in. And I, that's not the way that it is. And it's just not reality for most guys. You know, we're all out there. We're just out there fishing and we're trying to get better. And, and I think that's a really big thing is that it's okay to, to still be learning and to not be a professional, to not know everything. Uh, to Donnie, just be out there I enjoying think, yourself and to get better every week. Donnie, I think that is just like an amazing way to sum up what, you know, we're talking about here is the fact that like you're here to have fun. We are here to have fun. We are here to enjoy this thing. We're not here to point like the, the guys that want to point out 
every little thing that was done wrong with the way someone held a fish and you know it's like mm -hmm. okay I, you know i i get that i mean i don't want to see any muskies being abused but for god's sake like let's let's also be understanding like let's also be right. a little bit realistic that that hey none of us do things perfect on the first time around you know none of us handle a 50 inch muskie the per uh, you know perfectly the first time you 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 hold a 50 inch muskie i mean you're lucky to hold a 50 inch muskie let alone know how to do it you know and so i feel like we you know people are so negative and so attacking and so you know you've got to do it this way you if it's not done that way it's wrong well newsflash that's just not the way life works i mean and and you know there are a million different examples of that so you know we i think we should try to stay away from as much as we can you know being on that judgmental end and and i think we want to try to be conscious of that and i think we all we all probably will be yeah i agree this is a positive type podcast we're going to stay out of the muck probably you know, I mean, there's going to be yeah. some things that, that come up topic wise that I think is probably important to address. But I mean, it's not going to be anything. Nobody, you know, we're not going to be the first ones to talk about anything here. You know, unless unless you see that. Tom we, doing something, then he's probably. Yeah, if we well, it's mostly Tom. Crap, yeah, if we want to stir up some crap, we'll have Tom put on his Crocs and four wheel drive and get it, yeah. get in that muck. <laughs> Send yeah. them into a horse pasture. We'll send them in. We got we got a couple uh you know power lifters and things we could probably get into, but we're we're not we're gonna stay away from that <laughs> for right now. What do you what else you guys want to talk about here? Uh musky hunks episode one. We're 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 staring down the barrel wrapping this one up. Yes, we, we definitely are. And I think I think it's gone well, guys. I you know I didn't you know we had we had a little rough go of it technically when we started here. Uh it, but I think it's I think it's turned out to be pretty good. I don't know. We'll see how people how people you know what people think of it. Yeah, I'd say it's a good start. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's. Uh, I, I feel like we don't really have any plugs and or probably need plugs except for we're we gonna go say we're tail. gonna say two plugs. We're gonna I'm gonna go two plugs <laughs> here. Number one, Swink Outdoors. Swink Outdoors plug. Check. What? Donnie what? Swink no. Outdoors, yes, on Instagram. Swink, out, on Swink Outdoors. Swink Outdoors. And then we got a big one with Mr. Owen and Big O's Bucktails. So I don't know. You guys have been throwing them. I, I've been throwing them. We've been throwing them, catching some fish on it. I know Tom's gotten a couple. Man, got some pike up in Canada. Yeah, we got we got some pike up in Canada. Um, you know, we've seen seen a couple of decent fish i mean the 50 the recent 52 that's definitely the uh the big one so far but i'm telling you these you guys keep running these baits they're going to produce fish here locally they're going to produce big fish here locally they just they have everywhere else you know and they're just they're gonna let me catch big fish man i like throwing bucktails in the fall it's one of my favorite things to do so we're getting there. September, late September. Look, staring at October. So, all That's right, right. So we got, um, so we got Musky Hunks Weekend, uh, annual Musky Hunks Weekend number two coming up here in a couple of weeks. So 
we'll hopefully have a podcast after that where we can kind of uh, update everybody on the on the big weekend where all the boys come up to the to the compound and fish for muskies for a week for i mean for, for a weekend. state of the union i'm gonna need everybody to take <laughs> thursday and friday off for that one uh, dude i'm already making arrangements do, do it live we'll come at you live from yeah, muskie we'll hunks weekend there nah. i'm working on the That's menu right now guitar and feather tom in front of everyone <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, well, well all right guys i think i think that probably wraps it up for us right yeah i think so nick donnie owen thank you guys very much yeah. had a blast with you guys tonight looking forward Bye. to episode two all right all boys right, guys. Later. all right guys take care